talk sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Andrew to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Horwoodell joined by Anshu Khanna. Anshu. Chris. How you doing, buddy? You sound shocked to have me on the show this week. <laughs> am I, am I surprising you? You're, I, am, I am constantly surprised by you, my friend. You were reading the teleprompter, accidental question mark. <laughs> yeah, and why was there an emphasis on the last, the last piece of that? I don't know. Look, I didn't, I didn't write it. We'll have to talk to the interns. Yes, that's right. Of which there are many. Yes, there absolutely are. Most of them are me, but uh, but they are. Uh, a lot of basketball stuff going on. A lot of basketball stuff I want to talk about. We have the the very unexciting first uh, first uh, portion of the play-in tournament last night. But hmm. before we get to that, I, I've wanted to talk to you about this for about a month now, and it just there are, it seems to be other things to talk about every single time. That is this uh, this overtime elite. Are you familiar with the overtime elite program? Uh, vaguely, but please uh, reindulge me, if you will. All right. So, and the overtime elite, which uh, just selected Atlanta as as its home base, is a program. Think of it similar to the sort of academies, the basketball and sports academies that they have internationally. Okay. Basically, it's made up to or it's it's targeted to the best 16 to 18 year old basketball players in the in the country. Okay. Each one each one is guaranteed at least a hundred thousand dollars. Oh. They and as well as um, as well as college tuition. Uh, it were a, a very important caveat early on by playing in this, they're forfeiting their eligibility for college basketball 100%. This is a path to make money early and to the G League, ideally to the NBA. Uh, it's going to be limited to 30 people in the first season. Kevin Ollie is the head coach. I'm not 100% sure how he's going to be the head coach of 30 people uh, and <laughs> how, what, the, what the team breakups are going to be. But there will be 30 people all living, playing in Atlanta. Um, you know, Durant, Carmelo, Trey Young all involved in this league. It's, it's got a really impressive infrastructure. But like I said, these 16 to 18-year-olds are forfeiting their college eligibility how do you feel about this but they're able to get scholarships is what you're saying so they're able they they will be given scholarships by from what i understand they'll have they'll have fully paid scholarships uh from the overtime elite program assuming it lasts um but yeah they will not be able to participate in college athletics i mean you know i i actually didn't know about this i i i don't i mean look i i think that it's it's like a it's a it's a philosophical question on when you know young men and women are should be allowed to you know make their own decisions and mm-hmm. um you know if you're a 17 year old that's about to go to college you're able to make the decision to go to college to pick a school to you know to commit um to duke or wherever else right and from a basketball perspective and so this is their ability. I mean, unfortunately, it does compromise their ability to play in a, you know, in a college basketball season, it sounds like. But, hey, you know what? Like, if they, in any other walk of life, you're able to go and make money at whatever time you want, in whatever profession mm-hmm. you want, basically. And, um, 
and you know this is their way of basically getting their their internship right to bring it full circle to what we were talking about earlier you know like their internship in basketball and a very highly paid internship now i mean it does sound like the infrastructure is good and this isn't going to be some kind of you know big baller league yeah exactly exactly what i was thinking of i was thinking Firefest, but yeah like big baller <laughs> league um and so how dare you besmirch ja rule in this show right. i i wasn't i i apologize um it was more about the other guy but no i think that um you know i i hey i'm all for like you know if if there are people willing to pay you to do something you are elite at at your age or regardless of your age then you know more power to you but um you know the the caveat that they can't play college basketball is is going to be one that they have to reckon with you know so that because ultimately a lot of people you know may have gone to college that didn't necessarily think that they were they should have or they wanted to they would have if they weren't Mm -hmm. given the opportunity but you know look back on their time there and find it to be pretty cool um this also has to be tangentially related to the fact that so many major college basketball programs have been caught you know handing the bag out to a bunch of Mm -hmm. kids right like and so it should be it should help with reducing the amount of of issues that those programs have, I would think, or it'll just increase the amount of it. I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they should honestly bring in Sean Miller as a recruiting coordinator for this league. <laughs> he is available. <laughs> He's sweaty and available. <laughs> speaking of speaking of sweaty, um, okay, we'll get back to this in a second. Okay, Bill, I, 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 this is my one takeaway from a couple years ago when I went to see Stanford and Kansas play uh, at the at the Stanford at Stanford. Hmm. Man, Bill Self is a sweaty guy. He is, and very red. And oh my God, furious! He's he yells constantly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he must. It must be annoying to him that now every program is paying players. So you know, the edge that he had at one time uh, is kind of diminished. Yeah, no, college basketball is going to look a lot different in a couple of years now, especially since we have these uh, these no punishment transfers, but. Mm-hmm. Going back to this overtime yes. elite thing, it, it feels like it feels like this, in order to really work to its best, requires what already seemed like a logical expansion and a continued expansion of the G League. We have yes. this we have this G League select team, right? And so I guess ultimately there's unless you're I don't know if you're Chet Holmgren or Jaden Hardy or one of the top three prospects in the country, mm-hmm. there would be no reason for the G League select team to really go after any of these guys with any significant amount of money because their alternative would be play overseas and that's it. They can't right. go to college. Right. But I, I've always thought that, you know, that one team should be four teams, six teams comprised solely of, you know, at, at least predominantly of, of these young guys who are not quite ready for the NBA, the, the just out of college kids. The problem is with four teams now, that's what, you know, 48, 50 guys, right? And mm-hmm. if you well, go we got down, 30 coming from this pipeline, right? 30 now. But, um, you know, that really dilutes the college basketball recruiting class. And that's okay. I mean, maybe that's fine. It's just going to be like, it would suck to be the, you know, the 40th best player in this league or 45th or whatever the case may be. And, you know, that'll, that will, I'm sure, inform which players go versus go to college. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that that does, it does change it. I thought the direction you were going to go there is maybe they end up, like, mixing with 
the actual, you know, G League players, right? Like with mm-hmm. the mix. And and you get like a, a combination of veterans and and young, really young players the way that we see in Europe. You know, and that over a year or two you get you get to see some of the development of those players. And that I think that would be really interesting. Well that's that's kind of what I was alluding to in terms of the expansion of the G League stuff, because that select team you have those five top, you know, young guys, but then you have seven veterans. Oh, got you it, have, got uh, it. Okay. The Amir Johnsons of the world are playing yeah. on the team. Bobby Bobby Brown. You have you have people to teach these guys how to be professional. Rapper Jay Cole. <laughs> well, that's a different league, but he has, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, well, I, mean, I saw I saw the big block and save he had last night. That's right. Um, congrats <laughs> to to Mr. Cole. I would I would like to see Tobias Harris try and sneak into that and just say he's J. Cole. I think he could <laughs> get away with it. Honestly, they look identical. But, he's only um, nine inches taller, probably. Look, uh, look, it's uh, things. It's a different measurement system uh, in Africa. I, I don't I don't know how it's going to work out, but uh, oh, man. it is. I just I'm just fascinated by how this is going to work. And I guess the one and the other thing that should be pointed out is. We're not really talking about taking the top 30 people out of a class because you're talking right. about 16, 17, and 18-year-olds. And ideally, those would be – you would think logically they'd be broken into 10, 10, and 10. Maybe maybe slightly more 18s than 16s makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's not – I don't know that it's going to have that giant uh, an effect on diluting the college cl- the college classes. Now, in conjunction with the G League Select team, then that that is kind of a problem because the G League Select team is going to take another five guys out of college basketball. Yep. So, I don't know. Well, maybe, presumably maybe, those maybe it's five, for the best. Maybe those five, or maybe the goal of this league is to to ultimately merge with with the Select team or somehow you know with that league. And but yeah, sixteen just feels young to me. Like, I mean, you can do whatever. I get like, like I said, if if they choose to go down that road, that it is what it is. Um, but it feels real early, and it feels like you know the next eight to ten years are going to be such a trial balloon for careers. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that like for us, it's fine. You know, but like for the players, that would really like those are their lives that are ultimately being impacted. I know if it was me, I'd probably take the safe route, and I like. I guess I'm interested For to hear sure. your perspective here in terms of like, do you think will college basketball remain as popular as as it's ever been because of the fact that you know everyone knows it's it's not the product NBA is, but it's almost like it's it's a different it's almost like it's a different sport in many ways, you know. Mm. And I, I I'm not sure that the popularity of college basketball will diminish as long as people are still going to school. There are still going to be you know, allegiances and there's still going to be the tournament and March Madness is still just as popular as ever, if not more. So interesting to get your take on that. Uh, I think that, I think it's too early to say for sure, but it has the potential, I believe, to actually help college basketball because if that's the case, you're going to see less roster turnover year in, year out. We're going to go back to a time where, you know, the, look, the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world are still going to have four guys go pro every year. But your average school, like these guys are going to be around for a while. Yep. And that only at the end of the day, that probably only helps the the college basketball product, making it a better game, maybe with less star power, but a better game overall. Maybe the, I, I, I think it helps. Yeah, no, I, that makes a ton of sense to me. And maybe, maybe the, the event that gets um, impacted most is the NBA draft because yeah. You know, a, a lot of the draw around the draft, not for us, but for, you know, for like many others, is that it is the bridge between 
two beloved sports in the NBA mm. as a league and college basketball really as a tournament where you can, you know, you can watch the college basketball season and the tournament and then make decisions in your mind informed decisions based on that on like who should, you know, who should rise and who should fall. There's still going to be college players obviously every year that make the draft, but it might, it might really impact it. If, you know, we go from one to two oddities in the top 10 non-college players to, you know, mm-hmm. six to seven in the top 10. Absolutely. And I know we're gearing up and we've been gearing up for years now, it seems for the return of prep to pros in the NBA draft. So mm-hmm. th- those guys would now be able to come right out of that overtime elite program without having to go to the G league. So mm-hmm. that's an, that would be interesting. Yeah. But the other, the, the element that fascinates me, I would imagine since these guys are giving up their college eligibility, uh, that they are guaranteed to have to be a part of the program throughout the entire time they would be eligible. Because, you know, look at the 16-year-olds. If you have a 16-year-old, and how often does the... We can go to ESPN and look at the recruiting rankings for the sophomore classes in high school. How often does that look anything similar uh, to what it is now when those final rankings come out, when those guys are seniors a couple of years Very ago? Very true. A couple, a couple years from now. Mm-hmm. So let's let's say, you know... The a, a big guy who showed a great example. When I was when I was at Plymouth White Marsh High School, we had a gentleman by the name of Gene Shipley who transferred in. I believe Gene was ranked as the number three or four sophomore in his class. Mm-hmm. Uh, just he was a big guy with a little bit of talent. By the time he got out of high school, you know he ended up entering the NBA draft, but it was because <laughs> he, he he couldn't qualify for college, and frankly, he wasn't all that good. He just never developed like like anyone expected him to. So mm-hmm. what do you do with that guy who is clearly not good enough to be part of the program when he's an 18-year-old, but by by joining as a 16-year-old when he was highly regarded, he's given up any possibility of playing college basketball. Yeah, no, it's oh, man, it, it's it, it's you know, the NFL draft isn't unlike that either when you look at like the top prospects from 3 or 4 years ago that entered this year's draft. I mean, they're those guys do get drafted. They are considered for sure. And the NFL is obviously a much bigger league, but it is, it is, it is a major consideration and maybe, you know, with better tutelage, with better infrastructure, um, with a more level playing field, those guys end up being, you know, fulfilling all of their potential, which really ultimately should be what we're gunning for. Um, you know, regardless of our, our viewing hopes. So, or like what we, what we want to see our, where our eyeballs get attached to. So it's, it's a fascinating conversation. Like, do you, do you selfishly hope for the best talent to play where you're watching? Or do you, you know, hope that these and root for the fact that these guys gain the training and tutelage and infrastructure they need to bring out the best in themselves? Yeah. And it's outstanding point. And now I'm looking to see whatever happened to Gene. Gene is, (laughs) Gene is now 41 years old. And he is, oh God, he is, has done nothing in basketball since 2012, 2013, played internationally for parts of two seasons, 18 games total. And that was it. That was Mm. the number three, the number three uh, rated sophomore in his entire class. Wow. Damn. (laughs) That's wild. And also, he's only 6'9 now. He was, I mean, I know high school listings aren't 100% accurate, but I remember him being listed at 6'11, and that is very different. Mm -hmm. 
eh, what are you going to do? Good luck to Gene. Very, very nice guy. Not brilliant, but a very, very nice guy. Um, and I hope he's doing well wherever he is and that he didn't just hear me say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was 90% nice. It, it was intended to be 100% nice, mm. but... I mean, 100% honest. There's verbal... Yeah, that's probably more accurate. But, uh, you know, in this line of work, you know verbal diarrhea is a thing, and sometimes... in more ways than one. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly true. (laughs) Let's talk about the... Let's talk about the absolute... (laughs) I had had a a great segue going on. Talking about shit, we were going to start to talk about the play-in tournament from last night. Oh, man, nice. Uh, but you know, this is um, the beauty. I've of horrible post. diarrhea all over that one. There you go. Oh, we're back. Oh my, my God. Um, fun imagery. The playing tournament was garbage. So far. Yeah. Yeah. Complete utter garbage. Were you uh, Were you excited about either of these games? I kind of wanted to see the Boston game just because I needed them to win, and because uh, anytime the 76ers see green in the playoffs, it doesn't go well. But. <laughs> Uh, man, I really, really wanted Charlotte to do better than they did. Yeah, I, I wanted to see it. Um, I was interested in seeing, you know, the possibility of, of you know, Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant in the playoffs. I love that idea. Um, and, I, I, you know, this Washington team, what they've done in the second half of the season has been really interesting to me, especially in spite of their horrible coach, you know, and so mm-hmm. like, I just I don't know I would have I would have liked to see them win, um, but then you know you see the fifty spot out of Tatum and that greatness is kind of like I know the game wasn't any good in the fourth quarter, but you know it was somewhat close there in the second half at least initially, and you know that that's the kind of stuff you don't like. Last year I don't think many people anyone expected to see what they saw out of the the Donovan Mitchell show right in the playoffs sure. and and um, uh, uh, Denver Murray. You know, yeah, like it, Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray, like that's the stuff. That's what NBA playoffs. What makes the playoffs so great in this sport in particular? Two things. Number one, the best team almost always does actually win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondarily, like you see players climb tiers right in front of your eyes. You know, like they, the good players become greats, the great players become legends, and you know, and it all happens right here. And you get more than just like this one game sample. So that's what makes a play-in part cool to me, um, in spite of all the complaining from many of the veterans in this league, you know, is is just like that one game scenario, for, especially for players that didn't really do it in college. So mm. I think it's it's awesome to see that. It's not as fun when the games aren't interesting, but we're going to get some good ones um, starting tonight, I think. Uh, God willing, because uh, I'm really excited for this this Lakers Warriors game, Memphis oh, yeah. San Antonio. I I care less about, but yeah. that San Antonio. I just can't get interested in San Antonio ever ever since uh, yeah yeah I don't even ever <laughs> ever since Kawhi got traded. I guess that team's yeah. just been very vanilla. They just but, are they're fighting against tanking with all of their heart and soul, and kudos to Pop and those guys for that because. Um, you know, they could be, they could be back to being really interesting already had they done that, um, for a year or two in there, but they just steadfastly refused to go down that line. But do, doesn't that mean that they should have? Oh, instead absolutely. Of, instead of Devin Vassell, they could have somebody who's actually useful to this team. Maybe the team, maybe the guy, you know, that they're playing against tonight or the one that went last night in Lonza or, uh, um, LaMelo, LaMelo right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's. Could you I, could you imagine Lamelo with Pop? 
No, <laughs> they would have taken Patrick Williams for sure. He's such a he's such a pop guy. But no, I, I don't know. Watch it be Obi Toppin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. talk talk about talk about straight garbage. Obi Toppin, welcome to the conversation. <laughs> and the Knicks are made this massive leap with him as a top ten pick and him not really doing anything as a rookie. But uh, yeah, no, I know. I you know you're right. You're absolutely right. And um, you know they all they have to do is look across the court against Memphis, and you see a team that you know, basically got to the same point they did, but added actual pieces that could make them interesting, not this year probably, but as early as next year. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's all they need to do and um, to see what could have been. And yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough road because it's coming sooner or later. They're going to be in the tank. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that's in a post Popovich era. Yes. But how much how much longer does Pop have left? I don't know, man, this any year could be the last one for him. I feel like he—he's on the Bill Belichick plan right now. <laughs> oh, he's—he is much further gone than Belichick. You think? Because I feel like if I—if we got a, a notification right now saying Bill Belichick announced his retirement, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I would be. There's really? no way. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Especially after what happened with Brady last year, he's out for blood this year. I guess. Good luck with that with Mac Jones and Cam Newton. But I mean, they did sign like they did spend like $200 billion in free agency. Exactly. Their, their idea was, Hey, Hey, if I, we spend a ton of money in picks, you know, we would be able to be just as good, which they won't be, but you know, no. it'll, be, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I know he would, he's not, he's not going anywhere yet. Yeah. When has spending massive amounts of money in free agency ever gone poorly? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's uh, really a terrible way to build a football team. I, I got. I'm still. Ha- I still have dream team PS uh, PTSD. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, his argument is like, oh, if we had assigned resources for, I'm who knows. I, I assume that that's what their thought process is right now, with like, you know, making this huge move. But they also saved so much last year because of, you know, all the opt outs, all the you know the lack of moves last year essentially, and the savings on Brady. They probably are. They're thinking about it like, all right, we have two years of money that we just jammed into this twenty twenty two cap. And by the way, um, they spend all that money. They get Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver. Just yeah, what? They got the two tight ends. They got the two big time tight ends that they think of as receivers. I'm sure. And, that's, and I really, I know he's he's buried on the depth chart now. This is one of the best groups of tight ends that have ever been on one roster together with. Uh, with Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, uh, Dalton Keene, who I love, and uh, Devin Asiasi. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a deep tight end room. That's a great, but, yeah. And I guess Cam can't throw the ball more than five yards, so the tight ends are very viable Cam, options. And then all maybe things. Cam's in the tight end room before the season's over. You never know. I do not see Cam Newton giving himself up and making a Tim Tebow-esque switch. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I know you are, but man, that that would shock me. He he could have been incredible, just like Tim Tebow. Oh, honestly, yeah. I thought could have been a great tight end. It's right, ten yeah. years too late, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, Memphis, San Antonio, Lakers, Warriors. You think both games are going to be good? Do do we uh, think there's a okay? Well, <laughs> then then tell me about both games. It's more about. I'm just, I've, how can you not be excited about Lakers-Warriors? I mm-hmm. mean, even if you hate both teams, as I know some of our our friends might, I, I mean, I, I think it's 
Both those teams, well, the Warriors probably can't win at all, but obviously the Lakers can. And if they're not the favorite, they're, you know, they're right in that conversation. And with so many of the teams, including your Sixers, I mean, they're, it's just, we haven't seen in that much of them together. And so like, there's just, it's hard to know what they're going to look and feel like, like how long will it take? And the Lakers, they have no choice, but to get it going right now. And yeah. it, uh, as rusty as LeBron might be, as rusty as Anthony Davis might be, like they have to figure it out together on the court tonight in 48 minutes. And then, you know, and then maybe in one other game if they need to. So I, I know that there, you know, there's a lot of whining specifically from LeBron about this, but you know, it, it, it's not like the cards got dealt midway through the season. This is, this has been the rule all year. You shouldn't have been the seven seed. It is what it is. Now deal with it. And I love, I mean, I, the Warriors, if anyone should be complaining, it's the Warriors who had to deal with this horrible clay injury on like basically the eve of the season, right? Yeah. And then and then still found a way to scratch scratch and claw, get the eight seed. I haven't heard one complaint from those guys. And um no. I'm definitely rooting for them. And I just the way Steph is playing right now is incredible. So that that creates a whole other interesting you know aspect to this game. And I'm I mean, I think it's an ultimate must watch for the NBA. Yeah, the Warriors were sort of my foray into basketball when, uh, yeah. you know, all, all I really all I really knew was, hey, uh, I was born in California. This is a team in California. They have Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and Mitch Richmond. That's fun. This is the team I like. Yeah. Uh, would later realize how fandom works. But <laughs> it, it became it became difficult over periods. Let's just call them the Kevin Durant years to yeah. like the Golden State Warriors. But now that he's gone, like, there's a good group of guys that play 100%. hard and are talented, man. Minus Draymond. Yeah, I, yeah, well, Dray- Draymond plays hard, but he is he a, a, a whiny little jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, agreed. And it just sucks because of Clay. But I, I mean, to me, this is a great contrast of the team you root for and the team. In my opinion, I, I have absolutely no interest in seeing winning. But like you know, it's not as bad as Brooklyn, obviously. But it's it's uh, either way, it's a good game. And you know, you want to see hey, if the war if the Lakers put it all together and they look awesome. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh man, all bets are off. You know, they could easily jump the, you know, the rankings up in terms of betting odds, and you know, they they would draw the the Suns, I believe, next round. And I I don't think anyone would necessarily say the Suns are a foregone conclusion to win that series. So it really does depend on like how this specific game goes. And I'm I just I cannot wait to watch it. I think it's it's an ultimately great situation for the NBA, no matter what LeBron says. I will never understand people who hate Steph Curry. It just doesn't make sense to me. me. He is one of the most uniquely talented players we've ever had in basketball. He is a genuinely nice human being. Maybe he's a little arrogant, but... Like on the court but who cares it's all it's, it's it's all a game man yeah yeah he's he's definitely not like i yeah you're right he's a little arrogant on the court i get that i guess but like to me it's never like flashing at the other team or like no you know like in spite of the other team it's just him like playing with this incredible he's having fun joy yeah and he's just he's just so uniquely skilled to your point like it's not it's it's something you can literally see it happening. His The ball goes in the net. It's not like, oh, he's kind of good. You know, like even with a receiver, you'd say, oh, you know, he's awesome. But it's a lot of it's because the quarterback's good. He right. is putting the ball in the basket from 35, 40 feet away repeatedly. And I just, yeah. you know, he is such a uh, – I just – when they 
whenever this ends, it, we're all going to miss it, man. Because there is just nothing at all like Steph Curry in my mind, except for Trey Young's a very poor facsimile yeah. of it. But, you know, he's... It, Lill- Lillard is a shade, too. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one, too. But, like, you know... But nobody's the way like the, Steph. Ten threes in, like, you know, however many games. It's absolutely insane that he does this so frequently. At some point, it's just like, does this get boring for you? But you can tell it just never <laughs> does. Well, he's on a mission this year to prove that he's as good as he's ever been after the injuries last season. Oh, I, and well, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, uh-huh. No matter what that, happens, he's he's got my respect for sure. Oh, he's the MVP. There's no doubt about it. But oh, I was... Wow. I, I, Oh, I, I don't think there's even, I don't think it's a competition. The fact that this Warriors team was the eighth seed and is playing in the playoff, well, is, has an excellent chance to make the playoffs is solely because of Steph Curry. Um, agreed. Obviously agreed. I remember watching, uh, I was watching a Sixers-Warriors game late in the year, and the Sixers were up for most of the game. And all of a sudden it got close. The Warriors were down five. And then Curry hit four threes in about a minute and a half. And the game was over at that point. And they were, I'm, talk, I'm not talking like, oh, he, he hit a, 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 like a, a, a gimme three from the corner. No, he was pulling up from like 30. And He's just, not doing that to show off. Either. Boom, He's boom, doing that because boom, boom. it's a high percentage shot for him. You know, it's, it's amazing. It really is. And, uh, I, you know, even when he plays a bull, no matter who he's playing, he, to me, he's, your eyes can't help but go to him, whether or not he has the ball. And that is, yeah. to me, the ultimate sign of greatness. And, and just, he's a magnetic personality on the court, for sure. Yeah, and just like a good guy off the court. But yeah. and I, I can understand why people are like, oh, I don't like Kyrie. I don't like Durant, people like that. Not liking Curry just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I, we can, I know people know, who don't, for the record. But it's just well, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We we can have the arguments about like is he the greatest shooter of all time, and he's certainly in that conversation. He, he certainly he certainly has a great case to be. But there is no argument that he is the greatest combination of shooting and ball handling to ever play basketball. Oh man, I, he, he's online. He's a unicorn. I mean, unicorns don't have to be giants that fly through the air. They can be incredible sharpshooters, and uh, that's he's he's better at that than arguably anyone's been at anything in this game ever. Yeah, and he puts in the work. Uh, I with that said, what, if I were to set the over under on points needed by Curry to beat the Lakers tonight at forty five, would you take the over or under? <laughs> Oh, that's close. I mean, it really does depend on how LeBron's looking. I, I get the sense that he's feeling pretty confident. Um, but uh, I think 40, 40, 45 is a pr- 40. I'll, I'll put it at 40 and a half. And I'm not sure that's enough. You're saying needed. I mean, he could score 60 and they could lose. Yeah. I just, man, I was with how much the Lakers were whining about this play in tournament. First of all, like, you know, Play your guys when they're healthy. You don't have to rest yeah. LeBron every other day. You mm-hmm. don't have to rest Anthony Davis every other day, even if you're afraid of him breaking when he plays. Like just, just earn it. You know, That's... you know who's not complaining? The the Mavericks. How about the Nuggets? The Nuggets lost Jamal Murray like a month and a half ago. They're the three seed. How about the Portland? Complain, but yeah, no, I well, agree. <laughs> yeah, Luca Luca complained a lot, and I bitched about that. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, Denver has as good of a complaint as and again, look across the court. Clay Thompson out on the eve of the season, and mm-hmm. they've gone through this whole year and done what they've done. I like just 
honestly, just play, just play it out, man. It's not like you create, you know, the rules got created midstream. That'd be fine. Then I would understand. But, you know, you knew what you were getting into. So as you said, I, you thought that your talent was going to be good enough to just co- coast into a five seed or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't work out that way. The NBA is a lot better right now and a lot more balanced. And Especially you know, the West. Absolutely. I mean, where do you put the Lakers as you look through this field in terms of like their who, who where do you put them in their likelihood of winning this conference? Well, it's so weird, right? Because if you would have given me God, I don't even know if you would have given me 100 guesses, I might not have gotten this order right. The seating order right for the Western no Conference. No, no, I would not. It's. It just seems so random with Utah and Phoenix at the top, and then Denver stays at three even after Murray gets hurt. The the Clippers, you know, first of all, that's a team that I would not be shocked if there is major offseason moves because they oh, yeah. do not seem like they fit together. I can't uh, believe what, they ended up with a four seed after all that. <laughs> I know. And the Mavericks, honestly, at, at the five is really impressive considering how much time Porzingis missed. Hmm. But uh, in terms of the odds to win, as good as anybody, maybe better than anybody. Wow. Okay. But you wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't say like Lakers versus the field or something like that. No, but I wouldn't go that far. There are teams, you know, Phoenix is really good. They're a really complete basketball team, but they don't yep. have anybody who can guard Anthony Davis. Hmm. I don't, they, and nobody has anybody who can guard LeBron. Utah, <laughs> Utah is a weird team because. I've just I've seen them shoot sixty percent from three, and if they have yeah. a series where they're hot, they can beat anybody. Oh, they, I mean, they're the one seed. They they yeah. won what? How many games in a row? Fifty two. Covered every oh, yeah. single one. Oh yeah. I I I I think you could mix those teams in a hat, and and I'm talking about Utah, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Lakers. Any of those four teams can win it to me. I I don't think Denver can without Murray. I don't think Portland can realistically. I Agreed. don't think Dallas can, and you know, and then obviously I like the Warriors are just too undermanned right now. But that that any of those other four teams could do it for sure. And I mean, you're right; the Lakers have as good a chance as any. They could also be out before the playoffs start, which is so fun to me, and I love the idea. I don't that think it'll be, happen, but no, that would be amazing, though. absolutely amazing. If John Morant went crazy and oh. knocked the Lakers out of the play-in tournament, oh, oh he would God. be the most popular player in the league. I would love that so much. I need Portland. Sorry to uh, sorry to our, our buddy Eric Milligan. I need Portland to lose in the first round because part of my fixing the Sixers plan, and I know they're the one seed, but they're anything but a complete team, is uh, is is moving the bend to power forward and trading Tobias Harris. I'd like to get CJ McCollum to Philadelphia. Okay. So for Tobias Harris, got it. Well, it would have to be there would have to be other pieces for sure. But the the, the positive about Tobias having the the season he did is that contract isn't looked at at the as the albatross it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. So that's positive. I don't you know, and Portland's going to make a trade if if they get knocked out in the first round. We've seen this. We've seen the CJ and Dame thing. They've tried, they've tried, they've tried, they've tried. Lillard is nothing short of a god in the Pacific Northwest. So they're not trading him. It's going to be McCollum. We'll see what happens. Um, I have never in my life seen an easier path to the conference finals than the one that is currently had by the Philadelphia 76ers. Agreed. I was was going to bring that up. Yeah, it is. There are no excuses for them not to coast into the east finals and then you know you just basically have to brace yourself for one series and you now have two series to basically get ready 
with those two with Embiid and Simmons, right? Like to yep. to figure things out, and um, I think that they're in a great spot. There are four teams in the East that scare me. They are all on the other side of the bracket. So it, it makes yeah. me feel good. It makes me feel real good. And I'll, How far? You think Boston? Boston scares you? Boston just destroys Boston destroys Philly for whatever reason. Philly's a better team, but they just Boston just beats them. I don't I don't I, I don't know why. They're not going to uh, be they're not going to be there. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I agree they're not going to be there. Although nothing, I would be thrilled if they they could knock Brooklyn out somehow this round. Then I would feel really good about uh, how things are, are breaking for Philadelphia. But, you know, who knows? They got destroyed by Miami basically uh, basically with a full roster at the end of the season. And Miami gives them fits. Jimmy Butler gives them fits. Giannis gives everybody fits. But you know who doesn't? I'm not worried about the I Knicks. Mean, the, the teams that don't give people fits are on your side in that four or five matchup. So, oh, yeah, n- not worried about John Collins. Not well, I'll yeah. tell you what the Pacers. The Pacers are a team that kind of messes with Philly, and I think that's probably the most likely team that they're going to face in the first round. I yeah. think I don't. I don't buy Washington. Um, no. By the way, how how long is, is? Do you think Beal is just resolute in his desire to stay in Washington because this team just I don't know, man. I maybe they played better than I thought they would this year, but they have next to no future. They do have next to no future, but I think Beal is. I, I think what they had with Westbrook, there's going to be enough positive momentum for them to stay with what they've got, especially if they're able to knock off uh, the Pacers. I, I doubt it, but you know, if they are, that that would probably be enough on its own to keep him there. And even then, I think like the way that they played the second half of the season is going to keep him for some bizarre reason. Cause we've t- been talking about Bradley Beal for God, I think as long as this show has been going on basically mm-hmm. <laughs> to be traded. And um, it does feel like maybe one more year there, even then. So, I mean, but I will say about the Pacers, I, I don't think they have a snowball's chance in hell of beating the Sixers, but in a series, but you know, I, I would have never dreamed, I don't care who they're playing, of them scoring 150 like they did last night. So, um, no. you know, maybe there's something going on there with, you know, with everyone getting healthy. And that's that's what I'm, I, I keep, I, I said it earlier, but like every almost every single one of these teams has had injury-related concerns coming in, either coming to the playoffs or late in the season or some some situation where, you know, these playoffs are like a trial essentially by fire for the team to get their stuff together, you know, whether it's Brooklyn, Boston without, you know, without Jalen Brown, without Kemba Walker in many instances, Miami mm-hmm. just now getting healthy. Really the only teams that have been together that are, you know, the only team that's been together in the East that actually has a chance of winning it, I think is Milwaukee. And, you know, and they've been really up and down with that team together. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, the Sixers obviously haven't had those guys together all season. And then New York and Atlanta don't feel like real contenders. So, I, you know, if continuity means anything, Milwaukee's in a good spot. But otherwise, you know, like you said, Miami comes in, blows out the Sixers last week. And, and you know, they suddenly have all their pieces back from a, an East Finals team, but a year older this year. So, I mean, that's that's a scary prospect if they're able to give Milwaukee the kind of series they gave them last year. Right. Well, and I believe the failed Bojan Bogdanovich trade is exactly why, you know, it was made exactly for this series right here. Because, mm. you know, Drew Holiday is not the solution to beating Miami's matchup zone. That's not, no, he's the solution to, to doing other stuff. He's the solution. Absolutely. To, he's an upgrade for sure over Bledsoe. But yeah, that's, it's a great point that they, 
they wanted Bogdanovich to be a team like Miami in the way that they, they play defense. All right, give me your picks real quick. Philadelphia plays who in the first round? I think you got Philly and the Pacers, and I, I think Philly maybe sweeps them. Oh, well, we'll see. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe Phoenix. Phoenix plays who in the first round? I think you're going to get Phoenix Lakers, and I think that the Lakers win that series in seven. And Utah plays who? Ooh, that's a good. Uh, I, I'm going to say I'm going to ho- I'm hoping for Jazz Warriors because that would be fun as hell. That would be a, if if you're a fan of three point shooting and new age basketball. Yes, you will you will enjoy that series yeah. for sure. And do I don't think the ha- Warriors have a chance in that series. Do you think Clay Thompson's Clay Thompson next year? Um, not defensively, which is a big part of what makes Clay Thompson Clay Thompson, unfortunately. But I think that he'll pick it up in the second half if he's able to stay somewhat healthy. I hope so. All right, they need well, another piece. They need another piece. They do, uh, and I forget what their their draft pick situation is this year. I don't remember. There was that uh, that who the do they owe do they own a first round pick? This is going to drive me insane. Because um, I know they made that trade right before the season. Golden State, their pick goes to Minnesota right now. Um, mm. But th- or actually. No, sorry. Golden State has Minnesota's pick right now. That's that's it. That's the uh, D'Angelo D'Angelo Russell trade. Oh my God! Currently sitting at six. The protect is. I, I don't remember if it's top five protected or. I'm just doing. I'm literally trying to figure it out by doing Sims on Tankathon and see <laughs> seeing when they. It's definitely top three protected. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can confirm that. I don't know if it's top five protected, but in my head it sounds like it is top five. It feels like it is top five protected. It's top three. Oh, is it only top three? It's top three protected, yeah. Look at you. Doing, That's oh, right. That is, so if Golden State gets oh, to four? But if Golden State, Golden State's top 20 protected or else their pick goes to Oklahoma City for the Kelly, in the Kelly Oubre trade. Oh, I'm not worried about them. They need a piece, but the piece they need isn't at 17. It's at top, the top, yeah. Yeah, if, it, I don't, oh uh, boy. Oh I, man, I if they get to four, oh yeah, man. But, What's the dream? Is is it Jalen Suggs drops to four? Is oh, your man. that would be you know, he's so sort of just a, a combo guard in that because you know or I'm they just Jaylen... use it to package into a trade. You know? Maybe yeah, that oh, and and Bradley Beal's in the backcourt in Golden State next year. They're gonna end up with Corey Kispert. I'm telling you right now, that's such a Warriors guy. You think they <laughs> well well they I could see Kispert at like seven, but you can't justify. Yeah, that's him. what I mean. You no, cannot not justify a... him any higher than that. No, no, no. And I, they're taking Scotty Barnes right now on Tankathon in the sim I did, and I don't understand Scotty Barnes. But we're going to have plenty of time to talk <laughs> about the NBA draft. Uh, p- NBA playoffs will be in full effect when you and I convene to talk next week. That'll be exciting. And uh, I'm looking forward to everything we've got coming up for— uh, Who, do you, who on- do you think? Finals. I want to oh, hear. Finals oh, okay. picks. I was trying to wrap this thing up and get you out I know. Of uh, <laughs> I just need to hear. I need to know. I need to get you on record. All right, uh, finals picks. As much as it pains me to say this, the Lakers in the West. Oh my and, god! Wow. Yeah, and with the caveat of neither of the two men who are made of glass this year get broken during the process. Mm-hmm. Um, god, Brooklyn's so it's such a boring pick. But <laughs> that's all right. So if you think it's gonna so gun to head, who's go, who? Your life is on the line. Who's going in from the east and the west? Lakers and Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Lakers. Yeah, I, I, 
I agree with Brooklyn. I agree with Brooklyn. It, well, give me I think in Utah. the West. I think Utah. Utah. I hate to say it because I don't want to see it. It's so boring. But I think Brooklyn beats Utah. Yeah, I just don't want to see those those jackasses lift the trophy. <laughs> I so agree. I I they are everything that's wrong about basketball. I just I do not want them to succeed. I would I I've never been a bigger Boston Celtics fan than I am in this first round. Same. Same. But, uh, I don't think that's gonna matter. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that is that is it for this week's episode of the Underdog for Anshu Khan. I'm Chris Horwell. Thanks for listening. We will see you back here next week.